0: I'm going to invite all of the children who are out there to come a little bit closer to where you can see me. I'm imagining so many of your sweet faces, and I'm glad to be with you this morning for a special moment together. You may have, in the past few weeks, been out and about a little bit, maybe driving in your car, you've seen people walking around with masks on, like this. And it might be that at first, that looks a little scary. We think of masks sometimes as something we wear on Halloween or something we wear to hide our faces. But the masks that people are wearing out on the street right now are actually signs of love and care. You see, with the virus that's going around right now, if I wear a mask, it helps me from getting someone else sick. Maybe if I have the virus and I don't know it, it's good for me to wear a mask. And it's a way of saying to other people, I care about you, and I hope that you stay well and healthy. So next time you see someone walking around with a mask, I want you to know that that's a sign of love and care. I want to show you my special mask that someone in the church named Deb Smith made for me, and it's an extra sign of love and care. You see what it says? God loves everyone. I'm going to show the choir, too. Unconditionally. So it's a sign of God's love for all people. And that's a wonderful thing to share with the world. Let's pray. Gracious God, it seems a little strange that wearing a mask can be an act of love. But in this moment it is it's a way to say to the world i care about you i want you to be healthy and safe it's one thing we can do to take care of each other so i thank you for all the wonderful people in our church and in our community and beyond who are sewing and working so hard to make masks for other people we pray for all of those nurses and doctors and healthcare workers who wear these masks every day and who tend to the sick We pray for the sick, and we pray for healing. And we hope that you'll help us do everything we can to share your love with this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much. Well, I'm sure that during these days of quarantine... Some of you have been exploring new television shows and movies and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and whatever is your channel of choice. Well, I discovered the other day that Jerry Seinfeld has a new comedy hour out. I'm a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. And so I sat and watched it and I realized it's just what I needed is some good stand-up comedy. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen it. Have you seen Jerry Seinfeld's new comedy hour? Well, first of all, It opens up and it just looks, it just takes you back, you know, to that day when there's a theater full of people and they're sitting side by side and they're laughing together and they're in New York City and it just reminds me of so many things that we took for granted. We didn't even know were such a treasure to us. But he starts off his routine congratulating the audience for all that they went through to get there. You know, you went to the trouble to get tickets. You thought about the tickets five times today. Did you get the tickets? I got the tickets. Did you get the tickets? I got the tickets. And making arrangements for a ride and who's going to get there? Are we going to go to dinner first? Getting a babysitter, all of those things. And he said, okay, you're here, you have a night out, and already about half of you are thinking, I got to get back. (laughs) He talks about it's human nature that we always want to be where we're not. We We want to know what's next. We want to be at the next thing. Like we want to get to the airport. When we get to the airport, we want to know well, when's the plane going to land? When it, When's the gate going to open? We get in the airplane, we're wondering when's the plane going to land? When are they going to open the doors and let us out? We're always like, what's the next thing? I was telling my husband David about it. He's like, it's like going to church. we got to rush. we got to get to church. And about 10 minutes into the service, we're like, when is this going to be over? I, no, y'all don't do that, I'm sure. <laughs> now you can just hit pause and take a break and come back. But... But that's part of our human nature. We have our minds so often more on what's next. We want to know the future so we can plan and prepare. We want to be able to predict with certainty what's coming next. And that is one thing among many that is making this moment in our history so stressful for so many of us. We don't know how long we will have to social distance from one another. We don't know yet when the church will be able to open. We don't know when we can celebrate weddings and graduations. We don't know when we can go safely into public and, and not wear masks. We don't know if and when a vaccine will be developed. We don't know, we don't know, and there's so much uncertainty. And like you, I'm a bit of a planner and I wanna know Is my son going to be able to go to college in the fall? What's school going to look like for my daughter? Many of you are wondering, am I going to be able to go back to work? Is my job even going to be there when all of this is behind us, if it ever is behind us? There's so much uncertainty about even the near future, and it's hard to stand in that place. But you know, we're in good company Because this feeling that we have of uncertainty puts us right in the middle of this story this morning. Right there with the disciples on that hillside with Jesus. This is the moment when Jesus is about to ascend back into heaven. He has been raised from the dead and as Luke tells us the story in both Luke and the book of Acts... Jesus spends 40 days showing himself as a resurrected Lord to his disciples and followers. He's been with them during these days, preparing them for the fact that he is leaving them. He is leaving life on earth as they have known it. They will no longer be able to see him physically. And he's been preparing them for that and promising that he will be with them always. And he tells them in this moment to stay in Jerusalem and wait because the Holy Spirit is coming. And next week, we're going to celebrate the arrival of that Holy Spirit that fills all of them with Christ's presence forever. But in this moment, they stand as Jesus is being raised into heaven. And they're not sure what that means. They have one last question for him. They ask, Lord, is this the moment when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking about their old plans. They've been thinking and hoping all along that, that as Jesus is the Messiah, that He will restore the kingdom to Israel, that He would restore power to Israel, throw over the Roman government, perhaps, or whatever that means for them, that this will be a triumph for the nation of Israel on earth. And they want to know, is, that, is this the time? Is this going to happen? When will this happen? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and the days. It's not for you to know that future plan. Is that an invitation for us too? Is that perhaps an invitation for us to work on letting go of that wanting to know the future, wanting to predict, wanting to be certain, wanting to have a date, wanting to have that knowledge of how it's all going to unfold. Perhaps it is an invitation from Jesus as he ascends to try and let it go. There's much that we don't know and much that we don't have control over. Jesus says to his disciples, I have a job for you. It's not for you to know the day and the time. It's not for you to predict the future, but you will be my witnesses. Your job in the meantime, in the here and now, the present moment, is to be my witnesses. What does it mean to be a witness? It means to open our eyes and to see. It means to tell what we see, to share our experiences. It means to point to the risen Christ in our world. It means to keep our eyes open for where God is at work here and now. And we know from the scriptures and from experience that the first place to look for God's work and God's presence is among the poor, the vulnerable, the sick, the oppressed, the lonely, and the lost. Are we paying attention to those people and those places in our community where we know Christ is abiding And how do we see Christ at work in those places? Where do we see Christ at work in our own lives? And can we tell those stories? Can we share in that work that the risen Christ is doing right here, right now in our midst? Can we be witnesses? And I know some will say, I can't even leave my house. How can I be a witness? Well, I have seen the risen Christ at work all around in you right in this moment in the ways that you reach out and care for one another, all of the people in this congregation who have made phone calls to all the members of the church just checking on them and showing care, the way that you've written notes, the way that you've dropped off cookies and food for one another, for those in need. The way that you have been praying. I read an article this week by Dr. Craig Barnes. It was an article in the Christian Century. Talking about those monastic communities that gather and pray the hours. They pray for the world. They don't remove themselves for the world, from the world so that they don't have to be part of it. Their very life is prayer for the good of our world. We must never underestimate the power of prayer as a witness of Christ's love and compassion. So what are you praying for? How fervently are we praying in these days? As I shared with the children, wearing a mask in public is a witness saying to the world, I care about you, you are precious in God's sight, and I'm going to do what I can to promote your well-being? How do we bear witness to the community as we pray and prepare to reopen as a church? How can we be careful and prayerful and make sure that whatever way we do that is for the health and well-being of one another and for our community? I have seen you bear witness through your giving, through your sharing of food with Glencliffe United Methodist Church and Project Transformation and all the ways that even now, you are generous and compassionate. You are witnesses to the risen Christ in this world. I think it was last fall that our chancel choir sang that wonderful spiritual, Who Will Be a Witness?, Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who'll be a witness for my Lord? And I love how the song ends. There's another witness. There's another witness. There's another witness. There's another witness witness for my Lord. May it be so here and now. Amen.